We have with us Monsignor Peter Fleetwood, a priest of the Archdiocese of Liverpool, who spent some years in Rome working for the Pontifical Council of Culture and acts as a consultant to the Pontifical Council for Interreligious Dialogue. Monsignor, we live in busy times. More and more people, Catholics included, are looking for ways to relax and to deal with the stress of their daily lives. What methods do they have at their disposal and what would you be happy to recommend? Well, I know that uh, in my own history, I was very lucky to meet a Jesuit priest who taught me how to settle down in order to pray deeply, to pray with all of my person. And it involved uh, calming myself down and being aware of every part of me to open the spirit, to hear the words of the gospel or perhaps the words of a teacher of the gospel. But it was very much learning bodily awareness in order to be spiritually aware uh, in a more complete way, which is fine because it mixes the spirit and the body in a very Christian way. One thing I think that's been a gem in recent years for people who have the technology at their disposal is the various um, podcasts available from Ireland particularly and from the Jesuits in this country just for praying on the way to or from work or while you're walking around the park or being taken for a walk by the dog. You know, uh, there's all sorts of help now, but they tend to be audio and to listen to the radio or to an audio transmission, I think, does require a certain amount of physical calmness. The television is less engaging in a strange sort of way. So these audio methods do encourage the calmness that you need. And in any case, the audience is self-selecting in the sense that it's, it's people who need quiet, need calm, who go for these podcasts or broadcasts, which they use in many circumstances. And I think... People can read about meditation, they can learn about meditation that way, or they can go, hopefully, to a monastery or to a convent and learn from people who meditate and contemplate and pray regularly about how they pray. And it's always better to have a personal guide. The fact that the series on the television a couple of years ago about the monastery was so successful tells me that far more people than you would realise really do need to pray, need to be calm, need to be quiet, most of them in the presence of God. Uh, and that's what, you know, I, I would pray to be more aware of God. I would pray to be more open to hearing what God might be saying, either through the scriptures or through events in my life or through events in the, the world and the news. So there is a very rich Catholic tradition of relaxation, but some Catholics will be following other methods of relaxation. Um, some will prefer exercise, um, and some will look to combine exercise and meditation in practices like yoga. What are your thoughts on that? Well, people who have seen me physically know that I am not a yoga practitioner. Maybe I should be, in the sense of using it as exercise, and I must say, it's quite encouraging to notice that the then Cardinal Ratzinger, in an interview given in 1999, said that when yoga is used as physical exercise, that's fine. He was worried if it went further and any ideological elements were introduced. That's what he called them, ideological elements. But most people, I think, go to yoga because they feel the need to be de-stressed 
or to relax or to be physically healthier. And many of them also notice that physical health encourages mental health as well. But that's nothing new. And it's not a religious uh, fact. It's mens sana in corpore sano. A healthy mind uh, exists in a healthy body. What exactly is it that the church teaches on yoga? Are there any documents to study or are there any speeches to read on it? The only document issued which mentions yoga is the one issued by the Pontifical Council for Culture and the Pontifical Council for, in for Interreligious Dialogue in February 2003. It's called in English, Jesus Christ, Bearer of the Water of Life. Yoga is mentioned, along with many other things, and the only real hint at advice in that document is that to be aware that people get involved in these practices or prayer techniques or meditation techniques at different levels. It would be wrong to say that the people who go for physical exercise or to be de-stressed are the same as the people who become fascinated with another religion. And those latter category, people in the latter category, they are a very small minority. Uh, most people I know that do yoga find a physical benefit and a, a benefit in calming them down from the stresses of daily life and the jobs they have. Cardinal Ratzinger, in 1989, signed a document from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which was speaking about Eastern forms of prayer and meditation. They explained why they were issuing the document, because they thought that in many Christian institutions, people were blurring the differences, the distinctions between Oriental religions and Christian religions. But even in that document, they were very clear that what comes from the great religions, as they call it, the Catholic Church rejects nothing of what is true and holy in these religions. Neither should these ways be rejected out of hand, simply because they're not Christian. That was a document addressed to bishops in 1989, and the way things work in the Vatican, it was obviously an answer to questions from bishops who were uncertain how to react to questions about Eastern meditation, and one of the forms of Eastern meditation, only one of them, was um, yoga. Zen, Zazen, all sorts of Buddhist meditations were mentioned. There's a whole list in the first footnote in that document. Uh, the other time Cardinal Ratzinger spoke on the subject was that interview I mentioned in 1999, which I found published in Italian. And it was evidently an Italian journalist asking him questions. But there he was very clear on making that distinction between yoga used as relaxation and people going into yoga at a deeper level. But that would be the same with many things, not just with yoga. Monsignor, would you have any practical advice for Catholics who would like to try yoga, who are curious about yoga, but are still slightly worried that they might be getting involved in something that is not appropriate, that might compromise their faith? Well, it would only compromise their faith if they were going into the religious background. The gestures and the words in themselves have no power. They gain meaning if we want them to mean something. They're not magic. They can't do anything to us. It's only if we go into the religious foundations of the traditions where yoga comes from that it becomes a, maybe an invitation to move away or to be attracted to another religion. 
But as I said earlier, I think the people who get involved in yoga and have that kind of interest are a tiny minority. If people see a yoga class advertised locally and they think, that might give me better posture or it might relax me or de-stress me, the only advice I've seen from the then Cardinal Ratzinger and from the 2003 document is if you're only involved as a, not as a practitioner but as a customer, so to speak, a consumer, gaining some physical benefit, there's nothing wrong. It would only be if you recognized a deity other than the, the God that Jesus Christ revealed to us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that there would be any risk in terms of faith. You no know, yoga and other things, they're not magic. They have no magical power. We give things power. Can I put it this way? If a cat came and said Mass and said all the right words, having miraculously learned English... I don't think the bread and the wine would be consecrated at the end of it all. I used to say Mass when I was a little boy in Latin, and I don't think I ever consecrated anything. The words in themselves are not powerful. They become powerful when they're done with the Church. And I think the words and gestures of other religions become powerful if you're part of those religions already. They don't bring you into those religions. And maybe a very powerful example of what I'm trying to say is that when Ken Bigley, a man from Liverpool, was about to be murdered in Iraq, our cathedral was opened up and many Muslims came in who were ashamed of what was happening and they came and lit candles in a Catholic cathedral. I don't think any of them is a Catholic today. They joined in our prayer, which is very unusual. They joined in it in a way that they thought was saying to their God and maybe even to our God, we want peace in that land and our poor, humble gesture is to light a candle. They weren't asking to become Christians and they haven't become Christians. It was a remarkable example of people praying in the same space, possibly praying in different ways, in a very unusual circumstance, uh, informally. Nobody said any words out loud. Nobody was converted by a simple gesture, and I don't think you can be converted to Buddhism or Hinduism by repeating a gesture without understanding what it's about and wanting to believe the religious substratum of all the gestures and words. One last thing I would say, I don't think yoga teachers have the right to insist that you say particular words like om or Om Mani Padme Hum, they are very evocative for members of other religions, but I don't think really it's up to a yoga teacher in our context to insist that people say those words. They should be broad-minded enough to let Christians say words that mean something to them in their faith tradition, like mentioning the name of Jesus or a saint or a virtue. Maybe there's scope for allowing Christians a little leeway in at least that sense. But once there is insistence, maybe that's a sign to go to another yoga group. So can we expect a central instruction? Can will the Holy See um, tell local Catholics what to do or what not to do on this question of yoga and, and practicing other meditations? There hasn't been a big instruction so far, and I can't see that they'll necessarily issue one. It may be in the future that the same group that I belong to when we did the document on New Age is asked to say something about these things. If it happens, 
well and good, but I don't think it will be the kind of policy that will answer questions that should be answered on a local level. I think anyone who's uncertain shouldn't be forced to do anything. And if anyone is really worried, just stay away. Or don't don't allow things to happen on your premises or whatever, if you're uncomfortable. But if Catholics are going to a yoga class somewhere else than in a church or a church hall, not a problem as far as I can see, unless somebody leads them astray. But I think it would be wrong to underestimate the intelligence of most Catholics. They'll know when they're being drawn into a religion. They're not stupid. The people who want to go to yoga most of the time have no religious thoughts in their heads when they go to yoga. Those that do are a small group and they will understand and they will know the risks of invoking other deities.